Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, <coughs> grab your bongs, <laughs> and also grab your grandma and your buds and your bongs <laughs> as we dive into Grandma's Boy. <coughs> I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. <laughs> I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. Yeah. And it's Mer's birthday. Yeah. yeah. Well, Love our Taurus King. Technically a past, but we're doing birthday episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We had to we had to get him in. Yeah. It's a tradition on this podcast. Yeah, it's now a yearly tradition, which is cool. Yeah. So for everyone who doesn't know, on your birthday, you get to pick whatever the fuck you want to talk about. And everyone has to just deal with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. I think next episode's going to be Jonathan's birthday episode. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk we, about the Northman. Really excited for that one, and then I'll be coming up next month with my birthday. It's pretty much here. Who almost. knows what we're going to talk about? Mm-hmm. All right, but I got to ask, why Grandma's Boy? So this is a movie that I watched as a kid, uh, along with like a string of other movies, uh, like Dude, Where's My Car. Harold a, and Kumar go to White Castle. Theme with your choices. Biodome as well as Encino <laughs> Man. Like all those like stoner yep. two buddy comedies. Yeah. That's what uh that's what I grew up on as a kid in the early two thousands. Cause all the adults are watching them. I'm like, what's going on? And it's pretty funny. As an adult, I wanted to see if it held up. And it does in some respects, and it doesn't. So <laughs> it's definitely representative of 2006. That's what it is. Yeah. It 2006. Out. Yeah. So it's just like, that is the era of this type of comedy. I remember I made my friends watch this as like an eighth grade birthday thing, like about more than 10 years ago. So I was just like, let's just do it again for the birthday episode. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. I remember I got yelled at by the parents cause it had boobs. It does have boobs. It has a lot. In this does movie. Does have boobs. <laughs> a lot in this movie. Well, like, not a lot of boobs, but just a lot in general <laughs> is it, in this movie. How, it, what's your guys' experience with this, like, movie or, like, <laughs> movies of the kind? I mean, I, I watched it, I think, before I'd ever actually smoked any weed in my life. So it was very different to watching it now, which I get a lot more of the humor now but before it was yeah. just kind of funny it was raunchy it was a it's a billy madison production you know yeah so it's uh, adam sandler is like very representative of this type of comedy and the guy who made it is very like much in association with him what's well, funny to me is like rob schneider is kind of like his bill murray dude, for wes anderson so many people rob schneider <laughs> jonah hill david spade they're all in this movie yeah so this is like these are the comedy group of that era so this is when they were like really popular so it makes sense. You could probably even throw in a uh, what's that guy who was in Zoolander? Uh, fuck, who was the guy in that? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Talking yeah. about Ben Stiller. Yeah. Have Jesus. you seen Ben Stiller lately? No. He's like completely gray. Oh, like all of his oh. hair is gray. Don't yeah. tell me that. I mean, he doesn't look bad. I was just <laughs> okay. saying his hair is gray. So maybe, he's gonna play maybe, a wizard. Sometime. Maybe he'll do <laughs> a, a comedy in his older age. It might be funny. I would hope so. I fucking hate his movies. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I I really I know that everyone hates Biodome, but I love that. Biodome is pretty funny. Oh my god, yeah, Biodome is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the safety dance. I listened oh to that song. God. It made me not want to kill myself. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I feel like I should be laughing. but <laughs> I was just like, Jeez. man, this this slaps. This slaps. 2006. I think I... So I'm 31. I just turned 31. So I was a... 
a freshman in high school in 2006. I don't want to think about how old I was in 2006. <laughs> so like, I remember this was when those type of movies started coming out and like you were trying to sneakily watch these movies, whether it was on the demand service where you put in a little passcode or you just found the DVD somewhere. No, yeah. yeah mine was Mean Girls. I, I got away with it because I think I was in elementary school when I first watched Mean, mean Girls. Mean Girls is like PG-13, isn't it? I was still like fucking seven years old when I oh, watched it. Like, wow, my timeline was way off. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe I was older, maybe like eight or nine, but still, I was like an infant, basically. That's and wild. I found it at the library because you could rent like DVDs from the library. And that was a big thing when I was you younger. You still can rent DVDs yeah, from you the still library. Can. Which is and wild. it was cool because like DVD players were like the only way to watch movies or yeah. like tape players, of course. You couldn't just stream everything. So if you found a good DVD, that shit was gold. Yeah. That's true. You know, you can also still. So you can still go rent DVDs, but sometimes if you have a library card for any library, you can connect to a network that'll let you watch movies online, like a streaming service. Oh, wow. It's like Yo. almost unknown. So I'll get it's your a, library card. I'll, I'll have to find the link and put it in the description for everybody. That's but that's sweet. a cool thing you can still do. And it's because, well, they want to keep themselves relevant because <laughs> yeah. people unfortunately are not going to read actual books anymore. Imagine being able to like rent books through libraries, but like on Kindles or on your iPhone. Oh, like you have the document for yeah. like a certain amount of time. I don't I'm right. sure they could facilitate something like that. I don't know if you guys have seen this at libraries, but uh, I'd say in the like early 2010s, they had these devices that would have one book on it. Yeah. And then you just plug in headphones and you could skip to the chapter that you're at and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but it's just one book. It was so outdated like really quickly though. Oh yeah, just yeah. People, But it was a cool idea. It reminded me of the like little MP3s that you could have and you had like a, a little slot you could put it in and you put you put in like one song. Right. And that's what you'd carry Man. around like a keychain full of the songs. Rest oh, in peace shit. to the MP3s. Yeah. I feel like ever since the iPod went out of commission, that's like the end of an era. Do they just stop selling it? Yeah. Like a few weeks ago, which is crazy. I didn't even know they were still selling it. I know. Same. Mm-hmm. same. Can you imagine the guy who made Zune? <laughs> Can you imagine being the kid in like 2020 who got an iPod for their birthday? And they're like, what the fuck is this, mom? Nah, I was stoked. When I first no, I'm that I'm saying twenty now, nowadays. Oh, nowadays. Oh, I missed the year. You mean this doesn't have phone capabilities, like, right? It's like yeah. I literally have an iPod on my phone. What do I need an iPod for? I also feel like for 2006, the internet was still kind of wonky. Yeah. Like even though we had like popularized the idea of going online, it wasn't like this was the dominant thing. It was kind of like look at this cool thing you can do. Yeah. It wasn't like that was the only it thing. It takes forever to like load shit up. Yeah. So it's like, you know, this Plus is, communities this is were bu- very close to like dial up internet. Co- uh, communities oh. were barely like starting to congregate yeah. in the early 2000s. So people were like, oh, we're really into porn. Oh, here's a little porn. I mean, porn has been around. Yeah. <laughs> but but th- can you, you weren't able to stream it. No, from your home computer fair, yeah. until. Yeah, you had to wait like 10 minutes for one picture to load and you're like, all right. This is it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like going to someone's house for a sleepover. We went to some website. I think it was called Shit Bricks. Does anyone remember Shit Bricks? (laughs) What is this? Tell me. It's basically like you just click next and it'll show you like a random photo and there's supposed to be something weird in the photo. This sounds like, uh, what is it, Reddit 50 50, where you would get like violence or titties. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) It was either there was like a shadow figure or fucking Slenderman or someone like literally shit somewhere and you have to find. 
true randomizer. It's just random shit, but you'll see it. Anyways. Stuff that'll make would, you shit bricks. Dead ass. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we'd be up all night because it would take like a few minutes for each photo to load and we'd watch like or look at hundreds of photos. Yeah, man. There was there was something special about slow internet and MTV when it actually showed videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was the best you could just leave mtv on all day yeah and it would just play music for you, you, you want to throw a party no just commercials throw on mtv yeah. that was dope mm-hmm. so they the, still do it on like an extra extra channel but you know that's not the main thing they do anymore the only, the main reason we're talking about all of this is because this is shit that was happening in the this era so it informs a lot of the context of what they end up doing in the film but before we go into it did you want to tell us about any production stuff for it oh yeah i'm yeah. sure it's got weird shit uh, so it was uh, released in 2006. It was directed by Nicholas Guzan, written by Barry Wernick, Alan Covert, and Nick Swanson. The director, kind of a sad, like, he's only really known by his association to Adam Sandler. Yeah, he's really just known for the Happy Madison. And that's that it. Like, done. nobody else really <laughs> looks at his work. And so, I'm like, oh, suppose, I looked into this recently. Supposedly, he, he's making Grandma's Boy 2. Oh, weird. Um, but... Also in the the interview, they're just like, "What have you been up to?" And he's just been really just staying relevant with with current sports. <laughs> like like he's like he he was in the interview. He's just talking about how like one of his teams won, and he started crying in tears with his children. Oh, <laughs> just like that's oh, always so he's one of those. He's sports one of fans. those guys. It's wild to me that people are that invested. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't done much stuff outside of the Happy uh, Gilmore stuff. Yeah, or the Happy Production. Uh, yeah, he he happy made. His, I think he made his own production company because nobody wanted to give him money to make shit. So he was like, oh, "I'll just figure out a way to do it," and he was pretty successful. But they're like, they're mostly based on the like crass and crude humor. Yeah, very American Pie, like inspired. gross out comedy. I mean, that was pretty much all the early two thousands was mm-hmm. as far as comedy goes. I mean thinking about you know me and Murr's age group watching nickelodeon yeah that was it literally the Straight slime up. and fucking dan schneider and his weird foot fetish my god bro i'm never gonna get over the fact that he made the <laughs> logo a foot and no one thought anything of it i didn't think anything of it but i was also like i was innocent back then that man was <laughs> on the set of iCarly going yeah that's right film so like feet. zoom in on their feet <laughs> oh no <laughs> Holy shit. But I mean, that gross, crass, offensive humor was all that you really saw during that time. And I loved it. Yeah. Until I learned better. (laughs) Yeah. This is like one of those eras where it's a special time and place in history where we were just making schlock and people were loving it. The amount of Will Ferrell movies in this time area. Uh, Some of them. Uh Yeah. He's been doing movies for so long. Yeah. Like, but I actually, I like a lot of Will Ferrell's humor. It's a lot of like weird. He basically makes himself an idiot in yeah. everything he's in, but like successful, no matter what. Like like uh, what is it? Ricky Bobby is probably one of the one of the most notable ones for that. I see Will Ferrell play an idiot so much that like I wonder what it's like to have a conversation with him as a person, he's not as an actor. Just like a regular smart person. Yeah, but that's wild. Imagine yeah. it was like what, what are we talking about? We talked about uh, Gilbert Gottfried's like real voice. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Wild. and like we didn't know. For a long time, that's like he was just making a voice for all of his acting. <laughs> we, I, thought, yeah. we all thought he just sounded like that. <laughs> he just sounds like that. Um, um, yeah, Will Ferrell, I feel like, is a pretty normal dude. I know a lot of people who met him um, when they were working for Legoland because he would just show up with his kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to get back to production notes real quick. 
We have Alan Covert as Alex, the video game tester and our protagonist of the film. Yeah. Linda Cardellini as Samantha. She's the chick who gets sent over to oversee the video game that they're producing. I feel like she's been in a lot of movies, but always as a side character. She was in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that's true. She was in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. What's that guy's name? Jeff Gunn? Yeah, or James, no, Gunn. James Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, he was the whole reason Velma's around, and people are sexually attracted to Velma. Mm, he, yeah, he has Velma. to be like the one and sole reason people are like, Velma's kind of hot. Big titty <laughs> nerd girls? Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, Daphne's kind of overrated, you know? And was just like, bam, thick. Oh, <laughs> oh, we out no. of the bimbo area or yeah. era and into the thick thigh. No longer bimbo supremacy. <laughs> Dang. I mean, that was like a pretty big marker of certain comedies of this era was having that bimbo character and everybody wanted to be with that character. Like yeah. American Pie basically makes all of their films about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Doris Roberts is grandma. Is grandma yeah. Lily. She's, yeah, she's, she's great. great in this. And then like her two roommates are Shirley Jones and Shirley Knight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if nobody is familiar, basically like acting giants as far as TV goes, mm-hmm. like they were in an insane amount of television during the like early 80s, 70s era. So to sh- if you knew who they were, you're like, this is dope to have them in a movie at such an old age. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, it's pretty funny because grandma plays really wholesome in this. Yeah. Like Alex could do no wrong, which is the best part. Yep. Also and, good at the video game. <laughs> yeah, that's just dope. yeah, and saves the day in the end. Yeah, there's a lot of other people, but I gotta say, Peter Dante is Dante. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta mention the people who just show up. So it's like you got like Jonah Hill, yeah. David Spade, Rob David, Schneider. Yeah. Like you got Jonah Hill in there, <laughs> Kevin Yu, David Spade, and Rob Schneider. Is like you'll recognize a huge amount of them. It's kind of funny when you see them, and then our boy Harry the Chimp as Monkey. Jesus, <laughs> Wonky. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, just more proof that if you grow up with a certain group of people, you're all going to be in movies and productions together over like however many decades. And it just happens that way all the time in film where like, you know, this group of people, they're going to keep seeing them together and shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, also, what's really funny is that everything in this era had a monkey too. Yeah, that was a weird thing that just kept showing up. Maybe we should look into that more. (laughs) What is the symbolism behind the monkey? Yeah. Right. We've made jokes about this before. Uh, But this is like a classic stoner film. It's like not really known by a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. I feel like this isn't super It's kind of niche. I think it's niche because it's one for sure a stoner comedy. But also it like gets into the idea of how the quote unquote geeks and nerds felt about themselves. And yeah. how the society sees them. Although this is an extreme version Portrayal, of it. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of accurate. Because I think nerds, I'm a nerd, think they're dope as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see that with the character JP. I think it's I think it's accurate. The character JP. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am JP. Please sit on my face. <laughs> sit on my face. Oh my God. I like how the dude's just blaring techno in his office, yes. Yo, looking like amazing. straight out of He's the Matrix. He's playing Apex Twin and just like in the most cyberpunk looking mm-hmm. office for 2006. Yeah. With the binary code on the glass sliding doors. Yo, Damn. King. <laughs> <laughs> JP is the king. I think oh. it I think it gives a really wide perspective on the different nerds that exist, especially in like the gaming world. Cause you've got yeah. our protagonist who's just a chill stoner guy that yeah. likes to play video games and he's making his own video games. You know, that's like your 
average Joe in that industry or creative in that industry. But then you've got like your your nerds that are probably nervous about talking to girls or whatever their problem is. <laughs> and then there's like and then you have like the JP's version of nerd, which is like narcissistic as hell. Yeah. Believes he's hot shit. His mom's still picking him up from work. However. That one is the funnier yeah. one to me. Yeah. But in general, I feel like when you're looking from the outside of Zenerd community, you just see like a bunch of geeks, a bunch of like weirdos, you know. But within the community, there's a lot of like ground that each of their titles hold, you know, yeah. as being like game developer, as being game tester. But they're all like, I don't know, they're important within their community. Yeah, you know? I was going to say that too. They they seem to, they've created characters that are not like, they're not loser yeah. geeks. Yeah. They actually have a careers and jobs and the the point of the narrative is around that yeah and as narcissistic and an asshole as jp is he's also like a millionaire because he makes right. so much money off his video game like don't fuck with nerds guys yeah. they're really cool <laughs> I, you don't know it's pretty funny to see like the the contrast between the two like characters like that oh yeah they wanted you to have i think they also wanted to show like this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. You got to root for this person. And that's like making it easy for the viewer to be like, yeah, I'm getting behind this guy who has to be vindicated by the end to be like, no, that's actually like his game. He's what we call nowadays, AKA JP is a cringe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Cringe yeah. Incel, yeah we, every time uh, he was on screen doing anything, I was like, this is cringe as fuck. All I, he uses uh, is fedora. I felt my hands, Yo. my hands getting clammy. <laughs> when, when did cringe become a thing? Like when did that 2010 JP was it? 2010? Oh, yeah. With this guy, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this is the godfather of cringe. Love like, it. 2010s. I'd say, yeah. So it like sort of just appeared. So yeah. I want to also mention too, that this is like, one of uh one of a few and then it became very popular to bring this idea of like oh why are certain like groups of people sort of being like not talked about and this included you know people who really liked say Dungeons and Dragons which had fallen out of popularity for a long time yeah and then came back and became very popular yeah it's it'd be even more popular today now well the reason why I think it's becoming more popular today is because so many games borrow from that system yeah so like how you end up creating characters is the basis of a lot of video games and like people are starting to make a lot of um like open world games that are borrowing from this so they're like they w- then want to know the origins of yeah it. so it's, it's like, always, oh yeah it's always cool to say hey did you like that stat system you should try the original right <laughs> or like a play on the original. well there's some people now so we now are at an era where there's kids who are born and 18 19 who don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is. <laughs> and so they'll then play a game and be like oh this is actually based off of you know the written format of role-playing game and then they'll go and explore that. And it's becoming really popular now to it's like huge. to go and play games like this because it's like when people revert back to an older style of something. Um, biggest example is like vinyl. Where like vinyl keeps yeah. going in and out of popularity and now it just is increasingly popular. Cassette tapes are more popular too yeah. now. Yeah. So Good luck I, finding yeah. a cassette player though. Fuck yeah, that's true. They used to sum a Target. They used to sell they're like eighty like bucks. The yeah, they're expensive. Yo, you remember Radio Shack? <laughs> Fuck, I loved Radio Shack. I know. Rest in peace. I they still was, got a few around. In high school, <laughs> I, uh, my iPod broke, so I had to carry a Discman with the little case. Yeah, every time you take a step, I had one of those skip. too. Yeah, <laughs> scratch the shit out of your CD. Yeah. Uh, so this movie basically just follows our stoner friend trying to basically be a tester for the game. Right. They're trying to release Eternal Death Slayer Three. <laughs> which is a funny well, there's game. also a game being worked on in secret too yeah 
Which is also part of the narrative. And then just him just going throughout his life trying to figure out... Because he got kicked out of his house. Right. Well, yeah. Kind Yeah, like <laughs> not on his own vo- volition. <laughs> he's a, he's a productive stoner. He actually got rent. Yeah, he got hella rent. He got hella rent. But so his he, roomie... <laughs> fall into filipino sex workers dang <laughs> i mean yeah that's what he spent all his money on like every yeah. last yeah. bit <laughs> reminds me of uh someone we knew that was stealing everyone's rent money and spending it on drugs and partying wild dude <laughs> <laughs> somehow managed to steal fifteen thousand from his roommates before they even noticed I, I yeah that was the craziest story to me honestly but i digress <laughs> <laughs> what i love is that uh he was like Rob Schneider is his landlord. Right. And he's just hamming it up as like some greasy like landlord. Like Alex, oh I'll tell God. you what. I'll give you a choice. I think Rob Schneider <laughs> is hilarious. Like he's one of the funniest comedians to have in a movie. I've it's been always a while liked since everything. He's been in, in something pretty yeah. good though. Well, because nobody wants to cast him in anything. He's kind of like, he's a little outdated, I think, for most people's minds, but he'd yeah. be funny in a movie. I would say Seth Rogen is too. Seth Rogen's hilarious. But he's still fucking hilarious. <laughs> he literally is, the, he's himself in everything. Like he really, he really <laughs> doesn't play characters. He's just himself. There's a few actors like that we've talked about. We talked about how like Will Smith is just Will Smith. What? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Samuel Jackson is always Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, I would argue against that one. Cause he's he's been both a good guy and a villain. So Wait, he he's does... not both in real life. I'm sure the man's got two sides. That's right? fair. Remember what I told you about that one movie? <laughs> Which one? Where Samuel? Oh Jackson yes, he said, questioned the director. He said no to the director, and the director almost shit his pants. <laughs> and then the director's like, "No, I kind of need you to do that." He's like, "Good, I was testing your ass." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I remember we talked about that. Uh, this movie is pretty funny with its weed comedy, honestly. Uh, it's so I feel like it did really well with making stoner comedy and geek comedy where they like are mad at each other because like they don't know enough information or they're like you should know this like if you're this kind of nerd but then the other side of it was I didn't like their sort of crude humor which mm. was the fact that they just had like a lot of stereotyping yeah throughout the film which doesn't hold up very well it's mostly, so many years later it's mostly through Dante yeah exactly yeah. but like Dante is probably the best character in the movie Let's be honest. Yeah, so this is what makes it difficult for me to analyze as far as like, is it something that should be included and talked about? Our Kiki, don't do it. We're looking at the cat. She's doing the very cat thing where she sees an item and is trying to knock it off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kiki, come here. I didn't know how to feel about the comedy because it's uh, it's obviously racist. Yeah. Yeah. But the character himself is not like dumb or like doesn't know what they're doing in fact they're like meant to be a very cool character but it's done in such a weird way because they they are still living within that stereotype Mm -hmm. i don't know i know it was a different era and you know we've learned better as far as our comedy goes but i think it's kind of a weak cop-out to bring in stereotypes into your comedy yeah i mean it's a whole like genre of comedy yeah (laughs) if you really want to get progressive or do something that's interesting make comedies about colonizer stereotypes if you're going to make so many minority stereotypes tiktok is very good at this oh my god so yeah. many <laughs> there's so many amazing comedians on tiktok yeah. and like no one knows who they are because they just make their shit on social media i gotta link the woman who does uh tiktoks about if white people were the others 
oh, as in shit. like if they were the minority if they were the minority were spoken to the same way minorities yeah are. and she does tiktoks like this and it's like insanely sharp satire of how people speak to anyone yeah. uh, about it stuff like that so i was like this is really good but also not to mention the racial humor that's in this movie there's also some sexuality humor as well there is yeah uh, as yeah. far as the gay waiter in yeah. the restaurant this is still the like where homophobia was like the joke to have and in a lot of things. Also the comment that one of the grandmas made in the beginning where they were like, Oh, do you have like a girlfriend? He was like, No, I'm not really seeing anyone like, Oh, so you're gay. You no, know, I'll give you my son's number, he's gay too. That kind of thing. <laughs> I, yeah, surprisingly <laughs> like, I grandma's progressive. Yeah, I appreciate that she's supportive at all, but there was the running theme of yeah. homosexuality is a joke. Right. If you're not interested in women, you have to be gay. <laughs> and that's that's hilarious. Yeah, you're thirty five, no girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. You're what gay. the fuck's wrong? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that should be another thing too. Where um, there uh, at this time, I think it was very important for them to note that anyone who was above a certain age and not doing certain things, that was like you're not successful. Yeah, and like that was they created that sort of fear, which was a general population yeah. thing. Where if you're above a certain age and you weren't doing, yeah, like, it's like if you're not married, if you access, don't have kids, right. if you don't live on your own, because the main character is what like 36 and living with his grandma. You know, it's wild to hit 30 and be like, wow. I'm not old at all and then to see a bunch of popular media that's like especially for women where they're like wow you, uh, you're 30 you're like useless to society this oh, is not geez. a thing <laughs> and then they end up labeling them as like oh you're now a cougar or a milf or something well low-key 30 is the new 20 nowadays definitely and it's i changed. think we were talking about this too that 60 is like the new 40 i don't think 60 is old at all now yeah. for a lot of actors because i see a lot of them doing like numerous amounts of work through their 50s and 60s like we found out bjork is 56 oh yeah so I just it's saw like her you know this year too she's still yeah. doing she's gonna be making music like forever <laughs> i have a feeling she's not retiring till she's like in her 80s yeah until she physically cannot do anything mm-hmm. but i oh, digress yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so sorry tangent all shifting things that uh, inform the narrative and how they were feeling about this era i like that in this movie you kind of see younger version of jonah hill and like just how he like basically progresses as a quote unquote character in this from being like, dude, you're banging three roommates. Legendary, bro. I love the lie <laughs> yeah. of him. Just like they think that he's exhausted all the time because he's just having sex with all these women. And then they show up in the office. Like, yeah. You're banging grannies. Yeah. We, we, he said something too. Yeah. He was like, you may have like jerked off on my mom. Yo, okay. This movie starts <laughs> that with That was hilarious. Dude. Fucking come. You came on my mom, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> What was it? You came on she my mom, but you're though. banging your grandma. <laughs> Coming on my mom is Yo, the mom was chill as fuck about it, though. Oh, yeah. She was like... She was probably into it. He, he <laughs> said he was sorry the whole... I'm sorry, I can't stop coming. Okay, but who's jerking <laughs> off to a Laura Croft Barbie? Laura Croft, sorry. I fully believe that. I, 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 I fully, fully believe, believe that. Uh, yeah. Laura Croft is like a very large symbol for a lot of no, nerdy kids true, who actually. played it. Yeah, young, young, young men that played video games, Laura <laughs> Croft was one of the... Uh, you know what? Are you speaking from experience? Absolutely! Oh, totally. what the hell? Yeah. oh my god! And then, and then you had the uh, the movies that came with out Angelina with Jolie. Yeah, with uh, Angelina Jolie. Angelina yeah, Jolie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like uh-huh. one of the it. best castings for a video game to real life action character. And, uh, for and, sure. And they didn't even. And then there's the new Tomb Raider games where Laura Croft is still really hot. It doesn't. <laughs> ma- it doesn't matter, man. You can't get away from. I it. I gotta say, this is like one of the beginnings of where people were really into uh, badass female characters. This. You had the beginnings of this in like Alien 
with yeah. with Sigourney Weaver. And so since then, like in the nineties when games were getting created, Laura Croft and Tomb Raider was like the thing where you're like, Yeah, this is fucking dope. Like <laughs> Blood Rain. It. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> vampire game. Just yeah. Go look it up. <laughs> yeah, she kills Nazis, dude. It's, who doesn't like to kill Nazis? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's a vampire lady in a skimpy outfit slaying Nazis. Yeah. Exciting. It. This is the concept. She's got the A line haircut too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, definitely uh they loved making a lot of references to to popular media which probably included playing yeah. certain games. This is also a thing where they were making games um so like being a game developer was kind of like this is the epitome of best job ever for a geek. Yeah. You get to make video games as a living, like this is what you need to do. You get paid how much to do this? Yeah. I mean, what's cool is seeing the office and how it works in its dynamics like uh there's so many like Game Informer and like Grand Theft Auto and Metal Gear Solid everything, and when you watch this movie, you could be like, "Yo, I had that toy in 2007." Yeah, Sick. yeah, yeah. It, it hits a lot on nostalgia for people who are watching it. I like that, and then I like the the boss character who is just like, "Gotta find the right chi, man." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's upset that like the energy's off. <laughs> There's also another thing I liked is around that time we're sort of seeing a rise in like the new age spiritualist movement. I mean, it was kind of already progressing, but it became much more popular during that time. And I think that humor is absolutely fucking hilarious. Having this like, <laughs> well, they they definitely capitalized on the idea of selling like tarot cards, the idea of selling books that were supposed to inform and you then, like, on veganism this. Veganism was something that was like really uncommon at the time. It was like, aggressive. Whoa, you're vegan. <laughs> yeah. I remember that too. This is like when people are like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> and like got milk ads were a thing. Yeah. And they like got celebrities to do it because we had all this extra milk that we didn't know what to do with and like weird cheese things that were yeah. happening. There's like a storage of cheese in the United States that we don't know what to do with. I'd say oh, back in I remember that, yeah. Back in 2005, you probably knew one person who was vegan. Nowadays, it's more commonplace. Right. Yeah. More typical. Ever since the commercialization and, and were, like, of it, vili- there were like militant vegans then. I mean, yeah. they're still around now, but there were people who were like, "If you fucking eat a cow, I hope you get guillotined or some, you know, just something like ridiculous." They make like, fun just- of this with the David Spade's character. I gotta yeah. say, I'm kind of disappointed that there's no more like uh, throwing blood on celebrities because that oh, that shit. was pretty funny. Yeah, we need to bring that back. Like. When they were like, fuck this fur industry. And we're like throwing paint and blood and shit on people. I was like, yeah, this is dope. (laughs) (laughs) And then they kind of just stopped doing that. I think a lot of the humor that I find to be like what hits it for me is just Alex getting super high and just dealing with his life. Right. And Dante just like, yeah, bro. I'll fucking do that shit with you. No problem, man. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the loony bin. We'll go to the loony bin together. I don't give a fuck, bro. Know, Dante's <laughs> always down. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part, he's like, yo, I'm getting the fucking lion tomorrow, bro. What I think what really makes these funny is all the performances. Like they needed this group of people to do this movie. Because if it was anybody else, I think it would have been flat. Yeah. So like the, the performance from all of them. They were probably having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, they're hamming the it up. Like they I, got it. They were probably high on set. <laughs> I know that they were using fake weed for a good amount of it, and then Peter Dante was like, "No, we're getting real shit." Yeah, fair. He got real shit. I mean, that's what fucking Seth Rogen does. Well, he he got <laughs> so stoned on the set that he couldn't move his legs. That's hilarious. He had to go to the hospital. Oh, uh, <laughs> Dante had to go to the like, hospital. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> was was there anything wrong with him, or were you just freaking out? No, he was just like, "Yo, bro, I can't move my legs." <laughs> 
<laughs> just like Can you that. imagine you're all on set, everybody is lit, and they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? And they had to, like, figure out getting an ambulance <laughs> for like, him. You know what, guys? Let's just stop filming for today and get some pizza or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a cast party. I have no idea how you kept a set on schedule. Oh, while, when you're while stoned? being high and stoned. Yeah. Like, the, the person running it, the assistant director, must have been the only sober one on set to be like, please, I need you guys to finish the scene. <laughs> just scowling in the corner. Yeah. So, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this, too. Uh, the movie was, like, the budget was $5 million. Yeah. And a lot of that was spent for, like, Xbox and certain uh, companies to, like, get the rights for them, like, vitamin water right. and shit like that. And then, like, paying for the production and the actors... It made six point six million back, so barely enough to cover it. But this made fifty million dollars in DVD sales alone. Yeah, it became a, a really, really good classic. Like a, I don't want to say a cult classic, but it is something that got popularized because uh, at that time DVDs were like, like you go to Blockbuster, yeah, and like go and rent shit. This was like the thing to do. Get the divved. <laughs> you mean the divved? The Div from the Fat Albert like, movie. Nah, dog, you gotta get the laser disc. <laughs> that shit was funny to me when I watched Fat Albert for the first time, and they're like, "What's a divd?" I don't know, man. <laughs> but like, you talking about the new one, the remake, like, the remake back in like the early two thousands. Yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. Was really I kind of like that they brought them all to like real life in that movie. I don't know how I feel felt about it. <laughs> it probably doesn't hold up. No, no, no. So. but that's the thing. You have to like take that into consideration with this era of comedy. Yeah, like I love every scene that Peter Dante's in because he's like, "Yo, I went outside, I look in the fucking tree, there he is, the goddamn fucking king of the jungle." (laughs) 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 This wild hairstyle going on too with the quad pigtails. So every scene he's in, he adds a ponytail. That's amazing. (laughs) By the end of the movie, he has like five or six. I love the scene where they do the party too. What a great party scene to execute. Yeah. So I think they wanted to do like a positive view of like when you get to go to a fun party. No. Yeah. And it was really wholesome of all the grannies at first drinking their weed tea and just cackling. That was so great. Because I remember I think that was what turned me on to weed when I was really young is how much I would fucking laugh like nonstop ear to ear grin. Yeah. Tears. Especially having a good time with people. Yeah. Over the smallest things. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. I love how they're just like, dude. My grandma smoked all, or drank all my. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is a very happy ending. Yeah. For the movie, like which most comedies are, they'll yeah. usually have a very nice ending, and you know, gets his game back. He essentially like quote unquote wins the girl, and gets, yeah, they continue. They Actually, start dating. They, they have chemistry for like for yeah. how awkward Alex is. Well, they made it so that they were like really good friends. Yeah. To start with, and then that moved into them being in a relationship. It wasn't like a random chance. Thing. I feel like uh, yeah, he just kisses the girl at the end of the movie out right. of nowhere. I hate that. I feel <laughs> like Alex having a positive relationship with his grandma really like is a uh, I don't know. It's seen by Sam. Well, this is That's what this is what grounds the movie. So what we've talked about before, we've talked about comedies before, and a lot of the comedies that don't do well are ones that don't have a lot of narrative heart to it as in like things that are endearing to you and so the ones that are very successful usually are ones like this that are grounded in the fact that he has a nice relationship with his grandma and that he's trying to sort out his own like coming of age at an older age (laughs) because he's like past the because because he was that geek character it suggests that he kind of matures very late in in his life and so then he has to go through this maturing through the film and that's like what grounds a lot of the story and why you enjoy it so much 
Yeah, I, I really dig that. I love how uh, Shirley Jones' character like cooks for him all the time, and he does, <laughs> then he has to do chores for the girls, which right. is funny. He can never get anything done either because no. they're always distracting the shit out of him. Yeah, I love that he also buys them tickets for the Antique Roadshow, which was a bit a thing that happened. Antique Roadshow was super popular. It's still on today, yeah. which is wild. I remember when I was living with my grandpa for a while, every night. Every night he would watch something on KP, KPBS and then switch over to the Antique Roadshow. Okay, not going to lie though, the dudes who work on the Antique Roadshow, like the guys who appraise things, they are like stoked every time you no, see them. Yeah. They're not boring when you watch it. Like they're, I remember watching one because it went viral. A guy who saw a table and he was like, I got to tell you, when I first saw this, I had chills. And like, he's like, <laughs> he's like you don't understand. He's like, this is the nicest table i've ever seen <laughs> and like he, he explains that the piece of furniture belonged to like thomas jefferson at some point and that the lady just had it in her house holy shit and like she was like he's like how much is it worth he's like this is worth like three hundred thousand dollars and oh she was like god. oh my god <laughs> and sold it uh, sold it for 500k geez yeah it was that's insane. Uh, that's like when they brought we're well that's the thing they didn't show the card geek in this movie yeah that's that, true that's the thing but were they even well that were they, yeah, they were popular they were, at this time. Yeah, they were. They were, play, but they were like playing Halo and like Atari games. Dance Dance Revolutions in this. That Wild. fucking scene's yo. amazing, Wild. yo. So like DDR was a huge thing too. Yeah, it was and a I huge love this thing. scene in this. You movie. You could even get the pads that you used at home. Yeah, which are like the things you. What, uh, yeah, those. Dope. What I found uh, like impressive with the scene is that most of those games had pa- are the bars on the back. Yeah, so you could keep playing while you're holding on. I would go to the like arcade and watch people spend eight hours on that thing. Getting the high score. Yeah. Someone else comes in and like brings them food and water and they just keep going and going and going. Great. But yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Well, we're doing favorite scenes. We probably should do favorite scenes then (laughs) someone start. Dang, that's hard. Okay. You just shared your favorite. Yeah. Mine was the dance dance revolution one. He smokes that guy because the guy's like, oh, hey, DDR, let's go. Plays like a whack ass song wearing a whack ass fucking jacket. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, oh, new high score. What does that mean? Is that fucking good? Get nutted on, kid. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, for some reason, I feel like this film was missing people like Bill Hader, who would have been a great to just show up as a random character. Probably before his time. Yeah, it could be just a little bit before when he was actually in shit. But, so, yeah. did you have a favorite scene? Honestly, the fucking mom getting just calmed on is hilarious. Like, it doesn't matter what era you look at this in. It is so funny, and it's ridiculously crude for something like that to happen. But, like, how do you not laugh at something like that? This also feeds into, like the the like milf idea of like the mom was probably into it and was like it's fine like no big deal and it feeds into that fantasy that all these nerds have of like having sex with older women Dude, how many people <laughs> did you tell about the incident with your mom like 13 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great it has a lot of uh, really funny moments but that one was especially funny to me I think my favorite scene was when you see JP in his office only because that entire aesthetic is still relevant today. In fact, yeah. it's making a big comeback. I think what was really interesting too was the setup he had with like the tilted back seat and the three screens because we have things like that now that are common. Totally. Those like gamer setups that are like a wheel that you fucking sit in. Dude, that oh thing God, I that thing so was bad. probably super expensive for its time. No, definitely. Oh, his setup? Yeah. Like everything he has? Yeah, yeah, but everything about that, the aesthetic, this like did, cyberpunk, cyber goth Did you thing like going the on. white room? 
Yeah, that was yeah. cool too. <laughs> With the segue and everything, and the fucking weird ass statue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, JP's a perv in this movie, man. Oh, yeah. definitely. Like hella, just awkward and just nerdy. But I'm giving points to him for being the OG e boy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so fuck yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Mitch, did you have a favorite scene? Oh, is it the is it the cracker scene with the with, with the cereal? With the cereal, <laughs> that's part of the party scene. Yeah, like because the party chapter is probably my favorite part of the movie because yeah. you know you got people are doing karaoke. There's some fun dishing on this this one nerdy guy for you know, and he doesn't get cereal. The grannies are all high and everything, and it's great. And there she makes ice cream sandwiches yeah. <laughs> with lettuce. <laughs> she's like i put ice cream on whole wheat and i put romaine inside it <laughs> upset and then you then you also have jonah hill like bearing out in some titties as well oh, for God, like 13 hours so funny because it's obviously he's a virgin and he's sitting there with this gorgeous woman on his lap and just like tapping the butt <laughs> like all awkwardly just, yeah, like dunk dunk dunk, dunk, dunk. oh my God. There's, there's a lot of memorable lines from this movie that's what i get after all this barry sucked on his first booby for nine hours <laughs> for 13 hours yeah, it was 13 yeah. oh, oh no. this reminds me of like a teenage boys who tell each other stories like this like and they're all lies like there's hardly anything that's the truth and oh, it's no, just I, wild I made up stuff some stories like that too when nice. i was younger i think i i made up the story about my first kiss and oh, i was like man. we were at sea world and we kissed oh under the fireworks. so super romantic like you're like <laughs> yeah. yes this is it oh yeah I, it. I remember that specifically because i was like did i really just say that shit oh, man <laughs> sea world under the fireworks so romantic why don't you take the uh... shamu splashed at that moment too <laughs> Why don't you take the, why don't you take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the bling and the bling bling and roll it into one joint. No one's ever done that shit, man. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll go with the loony bin with you. Oh I got to record God. this shit for scientific evidence, bro. Dante is the best. I love he that gets, guy. He gets the he gets the monkey. And he's like, he gets oh, the yeah, monkey. Mr. John Hoover's been oh teaching me been teaching me taekwondo. taekwondo. Yeah. So then. What would you guys rate it? Uh, I got nostalgia goggles on. I can't rate yeah. this movie. You can't? A... You can't? Yeah. It's unrated. It's a no rating? It's an unrated oh, movie. Dang. So that's I'm gonna... a first. Dang. We've never passed on a rating for a movie. Is it purely just because you don't want to rate something that's nostalgic to you? Well, the thing is like this, I feel like it's in its own pocket. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't say it's like a 10 out of 10 because of nostalgia. It's not a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's uh, realistically on a critic level. It's probably like a six or seven, <laughs> but in my heart, that shit's a 10. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's like, it's like the time that I gave as, as a movie, this movie's a seven, but as a B movie, it's an eight. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. It's We've exceeds done this. at doing what that. it's supposed to do. Starting to break the rating system. So I will rate this movie either a 4.20 or a mm. 69. <laughs> 6.9. 6.9. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, fine. How about this? How many pot stars do you give out of five? Out of five. Oh. Pot leaves do you give out I of mean, five? I mean, it's a full stoner movie. It's got to get five. No, I give it three leaves. No. There's better stoner movies. There. Half- Friday That's will true. always reign That's supreme. True. Fuck Very everyone true. else. Hey, half Damn, baked. I should have talked about Friday. Half anyway. baked. <laughs> half baked always holds up. Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, that movie doesn't get bad. Oh, uh, you know what? Then by comparison, there are better stoner movies. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four, four leaves out of five then. Yeah. 
I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. go with the four the four pot leafs out of five. Go, also, yeah, I'll go with four, three point five, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking about this movie on my birthday. I really yeah. just wanted to see if it held up. It's been sitting on my DVD shelf for years. It's crazy that it's that old now. 2006. It's almost 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like in four years, it'll be 20 years old. Wow. That's fucked. Jeez. Oh, we're closer to 2050 than we are to 1990. Oh, no, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yo>. <laughs> Some high thoughts for you. Hell yeah. Well, Mitch, you gonna stoner rip us out of here? <laughs> do, you, do you have uh, any closing statements? Uh, drive, monkey, drive. <laughs> so like get your cat your your hat hats and your coats your cats and your, your cats your, your and your cats goats and your goats get your cats and your goats um i'm mitch i am mer but we need to talk about the stuff that we're up to oh shit <laughs> sorry dude i love like, how off off the rails that all was. right yeah so so hey mer i need a new hat go on our teespring Check it out. We got merch up there. We do. We have hats and shirts and cups and glasses. Hey, Mer, if I want to, like, support the podcast, other than, like, buying merch, how else can I support it? You can go on our Patreon for where for $2 a month you could support us as well as give us recommendations for horror media to cover. Oh, that sounds very ex- exciting. Um, can we, uh... How can I, like, see what's coming up? Like, how can I check on current events with this podcast? Ah, yes. You want to check out our social medias. We have the Instagrams, the Twitters, and the Facebooks, as well as our Discord, where you get the first exclusive look at when we drop an episode, and we let you know, and you can discuss about it in our personal Discord on the link tree. Everything that we've described here will be on our link tree, as well as our links to our Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can give us a review and rating. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah, ratings are good. Yeah. Yeah. So is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Th- thanks for uh, doing this birthday episode. Woo! Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank happy you. Birthday. Thank you. All right, guys. Bye. I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. I'm Justine. And I'm John. Thank you. <laughs>